If you're listening to join it, or even if you can hear it in the studio, that is Lord, give me you. Give me you by Shayna Wilson. Very, 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 very powerful song. She just simply says, Lord, give me you. Every everything else can wait. I, I hope it's not too late. I'm gonna abandon all my own agenda. I'm gonna abandon whatever it is I thought was important. Lord, give me you. The most important thing to me is that I have you. My God, that song is powerful. Lord, give me you. I don't want anything else. And I think sometimes when we ask for that or we say that, I don't know necessarily if we know what we're saying, but it's probably the most important make sure my bangs right it's probably the most important decision you're going to make when you say lord give me you well guess what y'all it's 5 a.m welcome to coffee and conversations with lakeisha this is your girl lmj in the house and i'm always excited to be in the house of the lord and to be able to share his word with you to be able to sup with you and hang out with you do me a favor go share the video now put the video on someone's timeline in someone's hand invite someone else in and just say you know what come be a part of this morning devotional grab your coffee grab your tea and let's have a little bit of conversation about God this morning I so appreciate you I appreciate you tuning in I appreciate your faithfulness I appreciate every time you share the video you rock and it means absolutely everything so thank you thank you for your faithfulness I know sometimes some of you getting up at 5 a.m. is not easy, but I know for those of you that it's necessary, like me, like it's important for me to have this time early in the morning. I need to rise. I need to talk to God. I need to experience God early in the morning. I need to experience him before the devil tries me or tries to get at me or whatever else. So this time for me is necessary, right? It's a necessary moment. It's necessary time with God. And I hope that it's become necessary for you too. God has just over the years become my priority. And I say over the years because he hasn't always been my priority. He has not always been my priority. I've had 
other things in front of him. And even when I kind of thought he was my priority, as I began to study more of the word of God, as I began to get more familiar with his character, as I began to understand what a relationship with him really, 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 really looked like with God as the priority, then it changed my God, my definition of my relationship with him. A lot of our relationships have been um, polluted with things that are not necessarily the truth. And we're going to get into some of that today. Um, a lot of religious order has been in place and we haven't been learning how to have a healthy relationship with God, which has also kept some of us alienated from God. Um, and not able to be experienced, God, the way we're supposed to. That's good, Tammy. That's good. Tam Tammy Burris, my friend um, from out east, says Satan been evicted. Only Jesus has the priority. Uh, Matthew 6, 33, admonish us, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and everything else will be added unto you. Pursue God with everything in you. Abandon your own agenda, your own thoughts in your own way. And I promise you'll begin to experience God like you've never been experienced before. Some of y'all have been so dry. My God, you've been so thirsty. You've been looking for the depth of something, right? You thought it was a job, so you tried a new job. You thought it was a man, you tried a man. You thought it was a woman, you tried a woman. You thought it was a new business, you tried that. And every time you tried, my God, something else. Come on, Holy Spirit. You never got your thirst quenched. Well, I'm telling you the reason that you didn't get your thirst quenched is because you didn't allow Jesus to do what he needed to do for you. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a healthy relationship with him. I'm not talking about benchmarkers. I'm talking about a healthy relationship with him, a relationship with him that doesn't look like anything else you've ever experienced, a, a relationship in which you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to abandon myself. I'm going to put away all my selfish ways. I'm going to pursue you, God, with everything everything in me. And you know what happens? Then all the scales, all the things that you've been attached to, all the devices that you've been using to substitute him, all the things that you used in his place, those things will begin to fall away. Why? Because you're no longer living in a masquerade. And that within itself, that within itself is so, so powerful. So let me do a few few shout outs. We had Tuesday, we had Bible study. Ladies, if you weren't on, if you weren't able to be here, you, I hope you connected on the online devotional in the group. We talked about integrity and character. And sometimes it's hard for us to walk in higher levels of integrity and character because we are, um, we're so used to operating in a certain zone uh, to walk into another level of integrity and character makes us face ourselves, right? And a lot of times we don't want to face ourselves. The word becomes the mirror of truth. And it's like, it's difficult to face me. It's difficult to face those spots. It's difficult to face that I was this type of person, but it's necessary. You got to come to the place of truth. If you're going to move into whatever your next position is, you've got 
to come into the place of you. Let me do a few shout outs here. Good morning, Jean Smith. Hey, Linda Starks, how you doing, sister? Rhonda, Rodney Sean Morris, good morning to you. Hey, Melissa Bunch Price, how you doing this morning? I see you. Hey, Angela Musando, what's up, Minister Marcus C? I see y'all joining in this morning. Hey, Rashonda Franklin, hey. Hi, Michael Harris, how are you? Hey, Deshana Austin, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, Teresa Bowles, Teagle. I see y'all out there. What's up, Instagram family? I see y'all. Hey, Vanessa, how you doing? I see my aunt is in the scene. On the scene, how y'all doing this morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning, Candice. Good morning, Layla Marie. Good morning to y'all this morning. And welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. Hey, do me a favor. Go subscribe to the website. As a matter of fact, I, for the next five people that are not subscribed to the website, I'm going to give a copy of my book, The Launch Away. For the next five people that will subscribe to the website who are not subscribed to the website, if you will subscribe to the website, the next five people, the first five people that are not subscribed to the website, if you will go subscribe to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com, those next five people will get a copy of my book, The Launch. I promise the book, if you utilize the book, if you open your heart, spirit, mind, and soul to The Launch, it will bless you. It blessed me while God was written. I was written through my hands, but it was written by God. So if you will go and subscribe to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com, subscribe to get our daily devotionals. The next five people that subscribe, I'm going to give you a copy of my, an autographed copy of my book, The Launch. So go ahead and get subscribed to that. Um, and we'll get into the word today. Let's get into the word today. Who is this? We got some new people. Oh, we got some new people coming in this morning. How y'all doing? Hey, good morning, Alex Smith. Good morning, Sonia Jackson. I see y'all coming in this morning. Hey, Lynn White from South Carolina. I love this. We just dropped that, LakeishaMJohnson.com. So those next five people, or the first five people to subscribe will get a copy of the book. So we've been in the book of John. We've been talking about the Samaritan woman. If you are new, we've been on this series, the Grave Robbers series series, um, which you can find on my YouTube channel, Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. You can go back and catch all of the old videos and see different videos that have been highlighted. One of my favorite videos is highlighted on there. It's called Matters of the Heart. And we just start talking about how our heart gets clogged up. So go and get connected to the YouTube channel. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I promise it'll bless you. The, the videos on Facebook expire after three weeks. And so any of the old videos are not there, but they're definitely on the YouTube channel. And a young lady sent me a testimony yesterday. She said, I can be feeling in my worst place. My God. She said, I can be feeling in my worst place when I'm frustrated and struggling with my finances, when I'm frustrated and struggling in particular areas. And I can skip right on over to YouTube. I can skip right on over to YouTube. I can go watch one of your videos and the Lord just deals with me and deals with my heart. And I start feeling better. And I was like, oh my gosh, glory to God, woman of God. I am so grateful that God is utilizing the word for people to get better, for people to move into the fullness of what they call to be. So let's get into this chapter. Let's, let's, let's continue in this chapter. I love how we've been rightly dividing the word of God. I'm reading out of the, out of the new living translation version of the Bible. It's one of my favorite translations to read out of. We've been 
covering the Samaritan woman, her encounter with Jesus. And it's been so powerful. It's been so powerful. Her encounter with Jesus has been so, so, so powerful. And so we're seeing God in so many aspects. We're experiencing Jesus in so many different ways. It's challenging us to think outside the box. And I just got a few more things I want to share with you today. I was going to get into, I'm going to get into some elements of what worship is, and then we're going to finish up what worship is and what Jesus was talking about, about worship in here. And it's funny, the more you study, the more you spend time, and that the more you begin to see uh, what God will do in your own personal life, the word should be applicable to your life. The word should be applicable to your life. And so I'm just telling you, take your carnal thinking off and ask the Holy Spirit, how do I apply this word to my life? Let's pray and get ready for the, ready for the word. Father God, I thank you for your word on today. Mm. I thank you for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for all you are in our life, advocator and truth. My God, I thank you, Lord God. You are the supreme God. I thank you, Jesus. You are the one true king. Father God, I thank you for all you are in our lives, for so much more than we imagine. I thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. I thank you, Father God, for girding us with truth today, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for our armor. I thank you, Father for the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and our shoes that are shod with the gospel of peace. I thank you for the sword of the spirit, Lord God, my God, and our breastplate place of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, Lord God. I thank you for clothing us in your armor today, Lord God, clothing us in your word today, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, for those in the gospel that cover our backside, Lord God, that get in the gap and stand in the place and intercede for us. Father God, we lift up every intercessor, my God, on this devotional. Those that have been called to stand in the gap for the city, the state, the nation, the world, the prisons, the schools, families, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Our government, those that have been called, I lift up the intercessors for, to you today. Father God, I ask that you encourage them today. Father God, I ask that your glory be upon them today, Lord God. Lord God, refresh, renew them right now in the name of Jesus. Even those that are just called to intercede for their families, restore them today, Lord God. Restore them today. Recharge them. Refuel them in your word, Lord God. Kiss them, Lord God. Let them abide in your love. Holy Spirit, give them the wisdom they need for ages, my God. Now, Lord God, I ask that you bless them, Lord God. Bless them for every time they've stood in the gap, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Charge them up, my, my God. Continue to reveal the strategies and the warfare prayers to them this morning, my God. I thank you for our intercessors. I thank you for our prophetic watchmen. I thank you for those that labor for us in prayer. I thank you for the glory being upon their life. I thank you for blessings overwhelming them and taking them. I thank you, Lord God, right now that they're getting their justice due. My God, my God, for their faithfulness and their obedience to you. I thank you, Father God, that a power from on high is coming upon their life my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You got to lift up your intercessors. You got to lift up your intercessors. You got to lift up your intercessors. You got to pray for those that pray for us and stand steadfast for us and lift them up and cover them in the blood of Jesus. Intercessors,
intercessors go through a lot of warfare. Those that stand in the gap, the Satan is always trying to get them off target so that they won't stand in the gap and pray for everybody they need to pray for. So make sure you lift up your intercessors. I'm just so grateful for this. So let's get into the word today. Remember, we're in this John the, John, the, John, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read a little bit for to you. And then we're going to think about some things. We're going to ponder on some things. We're going to um, see how to apply this to our daily living. That's, that's good. That's good. Amen, Paula. Yeah, it does. This demonstrates. I love this chapter because it was necessary for Jesus to be in Samaritan, even though he wasn't supposed to be in Samaritan. It was still necessary for us to be him to be in Samaritan. And this is why I know you have to be led by the spirit because it'll lead you to the place in which you're supposed to be. And sometimes we resist that because it makes us uncomfortable. And I'm sure the woman at the well was uncomfortable with Christ. I told you it was they broke protocol. They weren't even supposed to be there. They weren't even supposed to be connected there. They weren't even supposed to be talking publicly. It was not even um, um, known. You knew it was known that you shouldn't be talking to a woman publicly, especially not without her husband. I told you before a little backstory. Often women, um, often women drew water in dusk or night. People would ignore women in public. Even their own husbands wouldn't speak to them. So the culture was very different. And so we know that they are having this conversation that at the well, he just dealt with her about her sin. He just talked to her about her sin. And he just simply said to her, you know what? Um, I'm going to do this thing a little bit different. And what he was doing was he was offering her a second chance. He was offering her an opportunity to be restored. He was offering her some fresh water. He was offering her something in exchange for something else that she thought, can I tell you, it's always an exchange rate between between Christ. Christ is not going to operate or offer you something without giving you something in change. In exchange, if he asks you to give up something, I promise you there is something better. And so he was just saying to her, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. He's talking about the water in the well. He said, but if you, those who drink this water, I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring with them, giving them internal life. And she says, please, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I I won't have to come here. And then he talks to her about her husband. And she begins to talk. He begins to talk to her about her sin. And so this is the funny part. I need to talk to you a little bit about this because it says, um, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped. So this is funny to me because she she I, I feel like I can't say that for sure but I feel like she was trying to displace this conversation that this conversation became very uncomfortable and she begins to talk to him about something that's almost irrelevant something that's really religious and we're going to see a little bit of re religion set in here she's going she's going to talk a little bit about religion and he's going to counteract 
her religious ideology to offer her something in spirit and truth. So she says, our fathers worship in the mountain. Is it possible that this was a genuine source of confusion or it was a stumbling block to her? And how many of us know that religion has gotten in our way? How many of us know that religious ideology has got in our way? Old ways of thinking and old ways of doing things. I don't know if she was trying to avoid the issue of her prior husband. I don't know if she was offering him an argument of worship here, but Jesus didn't take the bait. <laughs> I love this. Jesus didn't take this bait. He wasn't baited in. He wasn't going to fall for what she was trying to do because she throws in and inserts something there. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were really good at doing this. She throws something in certain here. Jesus wasn't about to take the bait. And some of us fall for the bait all the time. He was more interested in winning her soul and converting her than he was in taking this bait. He was not about to get into a religious argument with her. You, he was not getting ready to get in there. She was trying to pull him into which is the best place of worship. She was trying to throw him off. And the Pharisees, I'm going to take you to something in just a second. The Pharisees and the Sadducees did this often. And he comes back and he he counteracts this. And he said, believe me, dear woman, my God, the time is coming Will it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And so I'm going to give into more of what true worship is, but he did not fall for the bait. He didn't get into the religious argument. He didn't start talking about whether being a Baptist or a Catholic or a Methodist was right. He didn't get into that conversation. He was more interested in winning her soul. He wasn't so much in interested in proving what he know, knew. He was more interested in in winning her soul. He was more interested in the relationship. I really truly believe also she was trying to justify her actions. The Samaritans had built a religious system around a mountain. My God. The, the Samaritans had built a religious system around the mountain and, God, and Jesus was counteracting and coming into her presence and saying, I'm going to do a greater work here. I'm not going to even get pulled into this conversation because you don't even really know about the person you worship. My God, you don't really even know about the person you worship. Religion was not his thing. This was not his fight. So I need to, that, that was not his thing. He was more interested in winning souls than fighting the fight. I want to skip over to Matthew 23 and read something to you. This is where Jesus criticizes the religious leaders. And this is Matthew, and I'm starting at the first verse. It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. My God, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels, and they love to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. 
They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant, my God. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. My God, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven and people's faces based on religious things. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guys, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that you swear by the altar, it's not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind, for which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gifts sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even, even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind gods, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious laws and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed, selfish indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside side of the cup in the dish and the outside will become clean too. And he goes on and on. My God, I'm telling you, he goes on and on. He begins to deal with every religious ideology. He just keeps talking to them. But he says, he just keeps going on and on. He said, for you build tombs from prophets, your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, son of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? Therefore, I I'm sending you, my God, prophets and wise men and teachers of religious laws, but you will kill some by crucifixion and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, from the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berechai, whom you killed in the temple because the between the sanctuary and altar. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on the very generation. So he dealt with all this religious ideology right in Matthew 23. He dealt with this. He, and this is what he's telling her. You, you, you know very little about the one you worship. 
You got all this religious stuff going on. You're missing what really worship is. And I want to give you the definition of worship before we get out of here. And tomorrow we're going to talk more about what the ultimate form of worship is. All I did was read to you out of Matthew 23, what Jesus said about religious ideology and Pharisees and Sadducees. He was trying to get her to understand that worship in spirit and truth has nothing to do with the mountain you're on. He was trying to get her to say this. He says, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worships will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is a spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And then the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. So let me leave you with a definition with worship. So so that you can meditate on what worship is, right? Yeah, Ronald, he was dealing with the spirit of religion. He was dealing with the spirit of religion. He was dealing with religious ideology. He said, don't sit and tell me about this and that where religion is concerned. Talk to me about the spirit of the Lord. Talk to me about converting folks to Christ. When he started going off on them in Matthew 23, he said, you do all this religious mess. But you can't win and save a soul and introduce them to the true Christ and to the Messiah. <laughs> the, the, the Messiah is so evil. It's so wicked. My God, his word establishes a thing. So let me talk to you a little bit about worship is. Worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for God. I need to give you other words of worship because a lot of times we true we tie worship into praise and to music. And worship is so much more deeper than music. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. So worship is reverence. It's worshiping. It's veneration. It's adoration. It's devotion. It's praise. It's thanksgiving. It's glorification. It's exaltation. It's extolment. It's homage. It's respect. It's honor and it's esteem. That's what worship is. And tomorrow you're going to learn the true evidence of what worship is in your life. Yes, Deborah, he did. He, he dealt with those religious spirits. He dealt with those doctrine demons that have been hindering us from walking into the fullness of who we are. God is a spirit. My God and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, guess what? We are just about out of time. We are done for today. My God, that was good. My God, that is so good. My God, that is so, so good. Worship is, worship I, even when we say it's a lifestyle, I want to talk about that tomorrow. It is. It's our way of living. It's our way of living. Like when I started um, eating better, I made it my lifestyle decision and choice. It's a choice and a decision that we make. And I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. That's good. I'm going to talk to you about the full 
fullness of what worship looked like and what the ultimate form of worship is. Y'all don't forget your Bill Winston confession. Don't forget your Bill Winston confession. Don't forget to, forget to say that over yourself today. Um, thank you for those of you who have subscribed to the website. We'll get those books out to you this week. I love y'all so much. My God, but my God loves you so much more. I love you so much. So I need you to do me a favor. Can you go be loved today? Can you cash out somebody? Can you pay for somebody's lunch? Can you eat? Can you take somebody to lunch and I know you're like that's nothing but sometimes can you text someone and tell you that tell them that you love them can you go be loved today because someone needs to encounter the love of God through you why because it's kingdom baby I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m bring a friend in love peace and blessings Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.